Hi, I'm Kelly Cervantes, and this is Seizing Life, a bi-weekly podcast produced by Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy, CURE. Today, we continue our series of remotely recorded episodes during the COVID-19 pandemic by welcoming Dr. Andres Kanner to the podcast. Dr. Kanner is the Chief of the Epilepsy Division in the Department of Neurology and the Director of the International Comprehensive Epilepsy Center at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Dr. Kanner is considered one of the leading authorities on the behavioral aspects of epilepsy. He's joining us today to talk about a topic that is on the minds of many epilepsy patients during these difficult days, the relationship between epilepsy and mental health. Dr. Kanner, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Mental health and epilepsy is a topic that we have wanted to tackle on this show for quite some time, and it has just been a challenge to find the right guest. Can you break it down for us just on a very basic level, how mental health and epilepsy are connected? Yes, thank you, Kelly. The relationship between mental health and epilepsy is a very important uh, uh, aspect of epilepsy that unfortunately very often uh, is not addressed with the uh, detail and the importance that it deserves. Uh, In fact, there is a very close relationship between uh, what we call psychiatric comorbidities uh, and epilepsy. A psychiatric comorbidity is a psychiatric condition that tends to occur more frequent in people with epilepsy than in the general population. And of these uh, comorbidities, uh, the most frequent ones are mood, which includes uh, depressive disorders and anxiety disorders. Those are the most frequently encountered conditions. What that implies is that uh, when we evaluate a patient with epilepsy, we don't only limit our evaluation to the uh, seizures that the patient is experiencing, but we also have to always investigate what has been the impact of the epilepsy on the psychological uh, uh, profile of, of the patient. Now that would imply that when you suffer from epilepsy, Uh, there are psychological consequences. But it's actually much more complex than uh, looking at mental health uh, phenomena as a consequence of the epilepsy. Because very often the person who suffers from epilepsy has already suffered from a history of mood or anxiety disorder or other psychiatric conditions before the onset of epilepsy. And then they may experience these uh, uh, psychiatric conditions after their seizure disorder has become uh, manifested. And the recurrence of these psychiatric conditions after the onset of epilepsy may actually uh, be the result of a just natural course of the psychiatric history of this patient that may have been accentuated by the uh, development of the epilepsy. 
or maybe independent of the onset of epilepsy, or it could be, in fact, a de novo occurrence as a consequence of uh, the development of epilepsy. So there, there is this complex condition. What we have uh, been finding in recent research uh, that has been published in population-based studies uh, that have been performed in the United States, in Iceland, in the United Kingdom, in Canada, is that not only are people with epilepsy at greater risk of developing certain psychiatric conditions, but if you have a history of depression, anxiety, uh, attention deficit disorder with an inattentive type, you've got an increased risk of developing epilepsy. So you can, in fact, this, uh, 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 start identifying the bidirectional relationship between the psychiatric conditions and epilepsy. I mean, that to me, when I was preparing for this episode, to learn that, that it's bidirectional was, I was shocked by that. And I feel like I'm fairly well informed in terms of, of epilepsy and, and causes. And nowhere had I learned that mental health uh, can precipitate an epilepsy diagnosis. It's a very uh, surprising phenomenon. You, you ask, well, how, can, how, how can these uh, psychiatric conditions uh, uh, cause uh, epilepsy? Well, the reality is that they, they don't cause the epilepsy. Uh, what there is, is there is an increased risk. So if you have, for example, a, a, a major depressive disorder, your chance of developing epilepsy compared to the general population is twofold higher. If you have a history of having uh, uh, an anxiety disorder, the risk that you have of developing epilepsy compared to the general population is also between two and threefold higher. If you have had a history of suicidal ideation or suicidal behavior, your risk of developing epilepsy compared to the general population is fourfold higher. If you've had a history of attention deficit uh, disorder of the inattentive type, your risk of developing epilepsy compared to the general uh, population is 3.5 fold higher. Now, that doesn't mean that these conditions are causing the epilepsy. The most likely scenario is that the pathogenic mechanisms that are operant in these uh, psychiatric disorders occur as well in epilepsy. And under certain circumstances, the presence of these psychiatric uh, 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 conditions in the setting of other risk factors for epilepsy, for example, genetic uh, risk factor or uh, uh, severe head trauma or other exposures to uh, situations that can facilitate the, uh, the occurrence of seizures can facilitate the development of, uh, of epilepsy because the fact is the majority of people with depression and anxiety don't develop epilepsy. But right. when you look at the, rel the, uh, the risk that uh, people who've had these psychiatric conditions develop uh, epilepsy, uh, it's uh, 
uh, it's higher than that of the general population. Hi, this is Brandon from Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy, or CURE. For the 65 million people worldwide living with epilepsy, progress is unacceptably slow. At CURE, our mission is to find a cure for epilepsy by promoting and funding patient-focused research. Learn more at cureepilepsy.org. Now back to this episode of Seizing Life. Up until recently, I really do feel like the conversation around epilepsy has been around the seizures, and it's really only been recently that the the scientific community has looked at epilepsy as how it is affecting the entire person, and in this case, mental health. How you know, are steps being taken to connect these two, to make sure, you know, to have psychiatrists available are, you know, because an epileptologist is not a psychiatrist. Those are two yes. very different practices. How, how do they work together? And is that happening? And how can we make it happen? I think you touch upon a very important uh, and sad reality uh, of, of, of the lack of appreciation of, uh, of the relationship between psychiatric uh, conditions and epilepsy. Um, the problem is that uh, when you look at the uh, attempt uh, to understand what I like to, to call the journey of a person with epilepsy, after the diagnosis is, is, is made, there are a lot of psychological processes that the patient goes through that we also fail to recognize and that also uh, uh, have the implication of an emotional reaction uh, that can cause, uh, in this case, it would be a complication of the diagnosis of epilepsy and that if not dealt properly, can then uh, perpetuate uh, you know, psychological issues for a long time. And the, the, the best example is, for example, uh, the issue of accepting the uh, fact that when you have a seizure and when you're told that you have epilepsy, you lose your predictability in life, right? When you're told you have epilepsy, you don't know when you're going to have another seizure or if you're going to have another seizure. And the, the first thing that we as neurologists, epileptologists, or clinicians have to help patients and family members deal with is the acceptance of the predictability of life has been lost. And that is super uh, difficult often for patients and family to cope with in the beginning because it's like, uh, is it gonna happen again? When is it gonna happen again? And that becomes the big elephant in the room. And the reaction is don't talk about it because Johnny's gonna get upset or mommy's gonna get upset. And, and, and that leads to the development of a great apprehension on the part of the patient and family members in, uh, in coping with the diagnosis of epilepsy and if you are a parent with a child with epilepsy, you know, a parent wants their kid to be safe and to be fine. And you want to control that everything is perfect for my child. And once you take away the predictability of, of the life of my child, 
that's gone. And how are you going to cope with it? So that's the first station, if you will, of, uh, of an emotional uh, uh, situation that every single patient and family member has to face and have to deal with. And that, I think, in my opinion, is the first uh, uh, big error that we as clinicians uh, make in not addressing these phenomena at a conscious level for patients and family members so that we can help them cope with it. What I tell often patients is, what you have to come to terms with is that you've just suffered a big loss. You've suffered the loss of predictability and you have to just face it, talk about it. You have to mourn it the way that you mourn the loss of a loved one. Should then, epileptologists be making referrals to therapists and psychiatrists along with an epilepsy diagnosis? I think epileptologists need to be working uh, with the patient and family members in explaining this phenomena. I don't think this is something that is necessary to have the, uh, the therapist or a psychiatrist deal with. That's something that the physician who is making the evaluation of the psychiatric disorder uh, needs to incorporate in the counseling of the patient, right? Because you don't want to make it more than it is. This is part of the natural process of of the disease, and it's not only particular to epilepsy. It happens with any condition, any chronic condition. If you suffer from coronary or from any other, you're going to be facing the same situation. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is, we need to to uh, normalize uh, the uh, uh, the phenomena that comes with a diagnosis of epilepsy, and not not make it a mental condition. So how, how should a neurologist uh, present the mental health issues to a patient and, and when should they be presented? Okay, I think that's a, an excellent uh, uh, question because this is something that should be part of the overall uh, initial evaluation of the patient with epilepsy. I think any patient with epilepsy just like any patient who goes to the doctor, this is not particular to people with epilepsy, but more so in people with epilepsy, should undergo a uh, careful evaluation as to the previous history of psychiatric illness, mainly mood disorder, anxiety disorder, attention deficit disorder, and psychosis, but also of a family psychiatric history. That should be part of the evaluation of any patient with epilepsy. And the reason that that is very important is because the presence of a previous psychiatric history or a family psychiatric history should be a red flag for the physician to anticipate that that individual may be at increased risk of experiencing further recurrence of these psychiatric conditions in the course of their life. And that's just because that's a natural course of these conditions. But if you have a family psychiatric history, that also puts you at increased risk of experiencing these conditions under certain situations that uh, put you at increased uh, level of stress, and such as having 
a diagnosis of epilepsy, the big changes that are associated with a diagnosis of epilepsy where you can drive, you cannot do a whole variety of things. And that can, if you have a genetic predisposition for mood or anxiety disorder, that can bring those conditions up to the surface. But also more importantly, if you have a previous psychiatric history or a family psychiatric history, you are at increased risk of developing adverse events of a psychiatric nature when exposed to certain antiepileptic medications. So there are certain antiepileptic medications that have negative psychotropic properties. Uh, that is that they can cause psychiatric symptoms and these include symptoms of depression, anxiety, uh, behavioral uh, uh, symptoms, irritability, poor frustration tolerance, and who do we see more likely these, uh, these uh, phenomena? These are in people with a previous psychiatric history or a family psychiatric history. So it is important for me as a neurologist to know, are you in this group of people who if I place you on a medication that has these negative psychotropic properties, uh, 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 you are at increased risk of developing these kind of psychiatric adverse events. Conversely, there are antiepileptic medications that have mood stabilizing properties and antidepressant properties. And again, if you have a previous psychiatric history or a family psychiatric history, and you are taking these medications and then I want to switch you to something else. And these medications were playing a role in keeping your mood or anxiety disorders under control and I remove that medication, I may unmask it. And that can result in a recurrence of the psychiatric condition. So it's, it's of the essence that any treating physician that is prescribing anti-epileptic medication always keep in mind the psychiatric profile of the patient because that will have a very uh, relevant uh, impact on the choice uh, of the antiepileptic medication that you place the patient on. So uh, what I'm trying here to say is, uh, I think it's, it's important that the neurologist who's treating the patient with epilepsy become part of the evaluation of the psychiatric profile of the patient as part of the comprehensive evaluation of the, of the seizure disorder and of the patient and not relegated to the therapist, psychologist or psychiatrist. Now, are there different types of depression or anxiety that are, comorbid with epilepsy? Oh yes, so, so the, the, uh, the mood disorders uh, have different expressions in severity. You can, you, you can have uh, major depressive episodes uh, like you see in people without epilepsy where you have all the symptoms of, of a depressive disorder where you have difficulty experiencing any pleasure in the things that you do and you feel uh, that nothing you do is right and you feel hopeless and helpless and you develop difficulty sleeping at night, uh, you uh, lose your appetite, your sexual drive, 
and you made the robbery even suicidal ideation, and that's a severe form of, of a mood disorder that requires an immediate attention. And uh, it look like in a child. Now, the, the, the trick with kids is that you have to recognize when the child is presenting symptoms that are su suggestive of a, of a depressive disorder because a child is not going to come and tell you, mommy, I feel depressed. Right. A child will act it out, okay? It will, will become more cranky, irritable, impulsive, restless, and very often these children get misdiagnosed as having attention deficit disorder or con conduct disorders. Now you may, you may uh, be able to suspect it also because when a child gets depressed, very often the depression also is associated with symptoms of anxiety. The child develops separation anxiety. They don't want to be left alone. They start uh, uh, seeing ghosts and they, they, they don't want to sleep alone, uh, they don't want to go to school, uh, uh, they cry easily without any, any reasons and you see this, this, this mood lability that comes and goes uh, and then it, it lasts for, for a period of time then it goes away and then it comes back and, and, and those are things that have to be brought to the attention of the treating uh, pediatric neurologists. And, and in those cases, as a child psychiatrist or a psychologist has to intervene. Uh, in the case of children, I think uh, knowing the family psychiatric history is uh, of the essence because it will alert you to the uh, likelihood that uh, what you're witnessing may also be the expression of a, of a, of a mood disorder. But uh, this is something that we have to recognize. Mood and anxiety disorders are not only uh, something that happens in adults, it happens in children. And anxiety disorders are frequent in children with, with epilepsy. Right. Um, thank you for that. Um, I, I also, you know, we are, looking through the world right now with a COVID lens and everything, the way that we see everything has changed. We know, um, you know, the UN just put out a report saying that um, mental illness is, um, if not already on the rise, it will be as a result of this pandemic. Um, I guess I have two questions to that. Could we uh, potentially see an increase in epilepsy due to an increase in um, mental health concerns as a result of uh, this pandemic? And also, what recommendations do you have for patients with epilepsy uh, to be on, you know, what should they be on the lookout for? Should they be talking to their doctor more about their mental health? What, um, what recommendations do you have for patients who have already been diagnosed? Yeah, so that's a very important question that uh, I've been asked since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, the fact is that there is no evidence at this point that the COVID itself, the infection itself, increases seizures in people with epilepsy. On the other hand, we know that stress is definitely a trigger for seizures in people with epilepsy. So stress does not cause epilepsy. But if you have epilepsy 
and you uh, are experiencing a stressful situation, in a significant percentage of people with epilepsy, stress can increase the risk of having seizures. So it is a well-established association between exposure to stress and worsening of seizures. And some case series have uh, established that in up to 60% of people with epilepsy, particularly treatment-resistant epilepsy, there is an exacerbation of seizures with uh, exposure to stressful situations. So it's not surprising, and, and this is something that we had anticipated in our own uh, epilepsy center uh, that patients may experience an increase in seizure frequency associated with the stressors caused by the pandemic. So what have we done in our, in our uh, center? We are encouraging people to use uh, relaxation techniques and self-mindedness exercises, which are extremely useful in teaching patients how to relax, how to cope with uh, increased levels of stress and anxiety. And in fact, in my own practice, I uh, advise patients who have identified an association between stress and worsening of seizures to learn to do self-relaxation exercises. Uh, and I refer them to learn to do yoga, uh, self-mindedness exercises, uh, use uh, breathing exercises uh, with, uh, uh, with the audio tapes. There are a whole variety of, of uh, ways in which patients and family members can teach themselves how to uh, cope with these stressful situations, uh, and they are quite effective. The other th thing we tell patients is um, uh, talk to each other about how you're uh, dealing with uh, your difficulties. Try not to be uh, overexposed to the news because anybody who is watching the news today, uh, you know, can be pretty overwhelmed uh, about what uh, they're, they're, they're listening to. Dr. Kanner, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and speaking with us today, for sharing your expertise, and for being a doctor who treats the whole person and, and not just the seizures. I, uh, this conversation has been absolutely fascinating, and um, we are just so grateful to you as, as a doctor and for coming on our show and, and sharing your expertise. It is uh, it's invaluable. Thank you. My pleasure. Nope. Anytime, I'll be happy to come back. Thank you. Uh, I love it. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Kanner, for sharing your expertise and insights on the connection between epilepsy and mental health. During these unpredictable times, many of us may be experiencing mental health challenges. Those with epilepsy live with unpredictability every day and know all too well how it can negatively affect mental health and daily life. Epilepsy is more than seizures. It is also the impact of those seizures on one's quality of life. That's why CURE is dedicated to patient-focused research that will bring us new knowledge, therapies, and cures. To help pursue our mission, please visit cureepilepsy.org forward slash donate. Your support and generosity are hugely appreciated. Thank you.
The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CURE. The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. CURE strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical condition be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual's specific health situation.